Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Hello again. I am Saf Chagrin, podcast guru and president of the Podfix Network. Since revealing myself as the puppeteer of the Podfix Nation, I have felt the need to be more hands-on with the day-to-day duties. No respect to Chris, Keith or Chaz. Is that his name? Sure it is. You see, when I listen to podcasts, I see the ones and zeros that make up the matrix as we know it. That is not something my master classes can teach, but rather a natural talent. In other words, I was born with a gift and curse for identifying great podcasters, their shows, and then exploiting them via the network. Every Thursday, I will open the Podfix archives, hand-select a definitive episode from one of our network members. A true showcase of the talent that I, excuse me, that we have here at the Podfix Network. Now, sit back, relax and let your ear muscles do all the heavy lifting, while you enjoy this, as the kids like to say, oldie but goodie. The following is paid for by the Coalition for a Better Hollywood. For decades, Big Movie has had Hollywood studios in their back pocket. They spend millions to get you to spend billions on movies that are nothing more than sequels, reboots, remakes, reimaginings, Oscar cliché and January releases. Big Movie lobbyists have all but ensured original film ideas are ignored, forgotten, or maybe not even real. Are they feature films? Are they quality flicks? Are they real motion pictures? Your soon-to-be, if not already favorite movie podcast stands with the little movies. Help put an end to big movies cinematic censorship and listen to the pop-up film cast every Tuesday wherever honest hard-working podcasts can be found. We are the pop-up film cast, a proud member of the Podfix network, and we support this message. Hello, greetings, good day, my name is Keith Gala, and welcome to a brand new episode of your soon-to-be, if not already, favorite movie podcast. It is the Pop-Up Filmcast, and joining me, as he does every week, uh, he's best known as the co-host with the most, the man of a thousand entrepreneurial endeavors, it's Derek Glasscock. Derek, welcome back to the show. Hey, Keith, here I am, back in action. Back in action. Yes. Glad to uh, be here. Been, yes. It's, well, I would say it's been a couple of weeks, but it's, been, it's just based on recording schedule. It's been a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a week since everyone else has heard from you, since I've heard from you. Uh, how are things going? Are you good? Thing, th- things are swimmingly, going swimmingly, Keith. It's great. So you've been swimming lately? I ha- Yes, I have laps down at the gym. Laps and laps and laps. I am going to be the first person to swim the English Channel. Um, I think that's already been done. Possibly, <laughs> but I'm going to be the first person in my family to do it then. Mm, okay, uh, yeah, that there we go. There we go. Yes, I and I think I got confidence in you, man. You got My grandmother swam across Lake Michigan. Um, I am going to swim across the English Channel. Is that true? 
everything's true, Keith. Look, I, look, I don't know. Some people got weird stories. Some, I, I assume it's something I've heard by now, but you never sure. know. Well, I mean, I don't like to brag on my grandma because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she told me not to and I don't. But, yeah, she swam across Lake Michigan, the, the widest part possible. During the middle of winter, so really she kind of just walked? <laughs> yes, mm, okay. on a snowmobile. She swam on a snowmobile and made it across. Mm. So I'm just following in her footsteps. Thanks for asking, Keith. All right, well, hey. This you always, uh, and I'm glad you know your training usually takes up a lot of time for some of these things. Yeah, here you are, uh, joining in on a recording session again. Once again, I've made it back to the studio. It's good to see everybody. Yeah, well, hopefully, you got to dry off and everything before you got here. I did not, but yeah. uh, I will not touch anything electrical. Mm, good, good. If I go quiet, well, that's probably what happened. Mm. I, I shorted out uh, my microphone. All right, all right, well. It's either that or you laugh too hard and you put yourself on mute, one of the two. Possible. Yeah. Uh, I I tend to go to the pool every now and then. I don't do a lot of laps. I'm not trying to swim across any channels or anything. I was supposed to go this past weekend, uh, but instead I, I got out of my car and somehow um, broke my foot. Mm. And uh, it is, uh, it. well, did you know that a fracture, and uh, even though some people say uh, you get a bone fracture or you break a bone, it's the same thing. There's yeah, no, that's what fracture means. Yeah, but it's just weird. I don't know if it's just fracture is a nicer way to say that you broke a bone. I don't know. Okay. But I have the world's like smallest foot fracture, and it's just it. It's been causing a lot of lot of strife to to actually get everything taken care of. Strife. Uh, that's a that's a yeah, it's heavy but, word for the uh, for the based on the X ray. Super super small fracture. The amount of like annoyances to go along with getting like uh, like a boot put on eventually. And the four uh-huh. to six weeks or whatever I'll have to be off, it, it's been very annoying. But Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Keith. Yeah. One thing that I have had to do is you know, I have had to sit around and kick my foot up mm-hmm. and uh, and relax. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I get to watch mm-hmm. a lot of TV. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, working from home, et cetera. And a few years ago, well, like two, two Christmases ago, the family present was a uh, reclining sofa. It's very nice. Ah, yeah. yeah, I kick kick my legs up, sit back, and uh, I, I don't know about you, but I am glad that it's just a normal sofa <laughs> and not. Well, I mean, is I, it a killer experience? Can you like really relax in it and have erotic dreams? Well, uh, well, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Go on. Two two out of three. Two out of three. <laughs> Kick back. Two out of three of your dreams are erotic. No, no. You you, you said uh, is it is it is it a killer time? Can you kick back? And can you have erotic dreams? I'll say two out of three. Sure. I won't say and which two. Be both are erotic dreams. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm, as so so far, from what I can tell, it is not possessed by any oh. demons of any sort. I, I, I thought you said um, so, like sofa, but like no, in a weird way, no, you know, like no, no. How, like somebody from southern uh, United States will go wash. I'm going to wash my hands. No, I'm and not going to try so far. <laughs> I'm not going to try and spin this into every little like uh, possible pun here. Or anything. Okay, <laughs> I was just saying that uh, it's it doesn't seem to be possessed by any demons or anything like that. Uh, uh, okay. I seem to be I seem to be safe, which is good because I can't move away very fast. Sure. Um, With or without a broken foot. Well, yes, I'm even slower now. Possibly demonic dog can get at me a little bit quicker, but he, you know he's small enough I can move him pretty quickly. Can mm-hmm. boot, boot him off. 
uh, you and I, well, mostly me, uh, handling the Twitter account. Uh, I, I want to say like last Get fall, it, man. <laughs> last fall, I, uh, I came across a trailer for a movie called killer sofa. Sure. And I've done this before. Uh, Velocipaster, um, mm-hmm. is another one that, that, that comes to mind where I will then share the trailer. And I'm like, this seems like somewhere in the movie making world, people are familiar with our show because sure. we have covered, we've covered some, things that people would do do a second look at in a, in a double take. And so at, I, I put it out there. I said, wow, this looks like something from our show. And immediately Killer Sofa started following us uh, on Twitter, sure. which and had me a little worried. Furniture. A, <laughs> uh, a demonic sofa starting to, to follow us along. And uh, anyway, I shortly after that, I reached out uh, to the writer director. Mm-hmm. Who I will introduce now, Bernie Rao. And I'm glad you did. Here live, I am. <laughs> live from New Zealand. He uh, he had a lot of uh, stuff he was doing just with the finishing up and like the marketing and, uh, and the release of the movie at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Taking us a little while, but we have finally got, we've got a legit filmmaker on our show here, Derek. I know. Pleasure. I'm excited. Yeah. Me Bernie, too. welcome. Me too. Big fan. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, followed it, many of your suggestions in the past for films. <laughs> uh, big inspiration for Killer Sofa, I have to say. I, yeah, I hope I hope you take that as the as the biggest compliment coming from the show. Uh, <laughs> we have had some very weird movies. I mean, just this season alone, we had was we had a horror film where somebody kept killing people with telescopes. Yeah, we had uh, a, another one of which was a. A sword and sorcery movie done documentary style about a centaur farm. Yeah. Uh, it, it, we have very odd things that that we end up uh, you know watching on the show. So when I saw Killer Sofa, it just like it it stuck out to me as okay that the the things that we talk about on the show, uh, things that Derek and I have for years sat around bantering about weird movie concepts and, and, and things that we didn't think anybody would take seriously. I start to think now people would take them seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people have no idea about uh, how many films are actually made every year. And most of those films just fall into obscurity because that's how it is. And uh, I was very lucky with Killer Sofa that uh, managed to pierce through some of the noise, I guess, because of movies like Velocipaster and, and maybe people want, to see different things. I don't know. I never had big expectations about this film, to be honest. Uh, but hey, here we are talking about it. And uh, yeah, it's great. All right. So my my first question is, what is the overall inspiration for making a sofa uh, your main feature, uh, I guess, the monster of, of the movie? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was, I, I've made other feature films before. Uh, most films you never heard of uh, uh, because that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make a horror film because I'm a big horror fan and and uh, I was waiting for the right time to do to make a horror film. And and I, w- I started watching some recent horror films just to get inspiration, you know. And I I, I, I came across the, the, the same concepts over and over again. Like movies are just a repetition of other movies and... You know, I wanted to make something different with a 
a, a new monster that I haven't seen before. And man, it's just as simple as this. I just looked around and I, I saw, <laughs> I saw a recliner that I was, you know, some, I borrowed the recliner from a friend because I had a, a problem with my back. I had a pinched nerve at the time. And, uh, Hey, I saw the face, man. I saw that face, that little face. <laughs> I realized and I it, said, it could well, be possessed yeah. by a demon and bake cookies. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just a cuddly thing. It's just, it, you know, reminded me of the marshmallow man, uh, you know, like <laughs> sure. it's just, you know, something you want to hug, but can kill you. And, uh, I guess it was it, man. It's just started working on the, you know, what if, what if this was a, a possessed, uh, you know, piece of furniture. And then the story was built on that. And of course, we're talking about a no budget film, right? <laughs> so sure. uh, it, it, it's then you have to be practical. Like, how can I make this thing move? And I use the real thing. That's a real recliner. You know, I didn't build one for the movie, which was a mistake because that thing is heavy <laughs> as hell. Right? <laughs> Moving that thing becomes a nightmare, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, it's just, you know, like when you're into making stories, you, you can make a story out of anything, really. It's like uh, John Lennon said, I'll give me a tuba and I'll I'll get some sound out of it. You know, like, uh, you know, everybody can make a story. And uh, <laughs> I made that one. <laughs> uh, very unique. Uh, it is. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I have looked at my couch several times. And and I'm glad it does. It does not have the little button eyes, uh, the little buttons that could look like eyes. So I'm a little bit. I feel a little bit better about it when I walk by. But uh, you know, I, in the middle of the night, you know, trying to walk yeah. through to grab a snack in the kitchen, I, I do a double take. Yeah, you should. Well, you, you say that, Keith, and you, you, I realize now. You know, like how many times do you stumble to the kitchen and then like stub your toe on the sofa or something like that? Mm -hmm. Uh, a piece of furniture, and you're like, "Oh, that piece of furniture moved out in front of me. What if it really did? Oh, that's yeah. like, that's what that movie is. And here, Except yeah. it, it kills people. And here, I keep blaming my kids for like uh -uh. knocking stuff around and moving an ottoman around. Mm. My, okay. ottoman, you, you, my ottoman, my ottoman possessed. A, Who knows? Was it a, a, a da book? Is that what it was? Dibuk, <laughs> dibuk. That's dibuk. what you have. Yeah, it's a Jewish um, spirit. That, uh, clings to objects and then people. So that was the inspiration because I know that uh, the rabbi in the film called Jim Baltex is actually, mm -hmm. you know, he's from New York and he lives in New Zealand. He's a neighbor of mine, good friend mm -hmm. of mine. So that was the inspiration. You know, I, I knew I was going to use him in the film. So that was it. We're making a Jewish film, <coughs> Hebrew. Yeah. And uh, are there are there any plans for a a sequel of any sort? Yes, yes, there are, and uh, it'll be amazing, man. It's just uh, this time the teeth are real. Let me just put it out there. So <laughs> this will be a sort of a, at least that's what I'm, you know, because this is always, the, you know, depends on if I can get money, if I can't get any money for the film, but I wanted to make sort of a sea creature meets a sofa. So it's a sofa sea creature. Uh, I'll just leave it at that, but it's, mm. I want to make a, a proper creature feature out of this. will be, will be great. Oh, yeah. is it called like couch Thulu? <laughs> couch? No. But like, like Cthulhu, but couch. Uh, Thulu? Uh, yeah, it could be. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Mm. Uh, 
All right. Well, when when uh, when you get done with the uh, the sofa uh, saga, yeah, reach back out to me and Derek. We have a uh-huh. uh, we have a pirate cat uh, franchise um, that we're we, we'd be glad to pitch to you. Oh yeah, a pirate <laughs> cat, like a cat. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, looking forward to hear that pitch. <laughs> it it it's it's a classic that needs to be made, as far as I'm concerned. But it needs to have heart. I like to make movies with heart, you know. Oh. Like with, yeah, it does have a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, again, welcome to the show. It, we, those of people who are brand new here, uh, or longtime listeners with spotty memories, one morning walked out, stubbed my toe at that point as well. On a, uh, I stubbed my toe a lot. So maybe it's just the problem I have overall. But uh, there was a, a weird box on my porch, and it is a bottomless box of movies, and uh, now maybe squirrel uh, home type thing. But my wife still won't let me bring it in the house, so it still sits there uh, nicely. And I reach in, and I pull out three movies based on a randomly uh, selected genre or sometimes uh, a not-so-randomly selected theme. Uh, I watch the movies. I send them out to Derek and, of course, to an esteemed guest in this case, Bernie to watch as well. And then, uh, you know, we all, we all come back. We, we chat about them in a nice little movie review style fashion. Uh, this week we are covering documentaries besides uh killer sofa. Uh, what, uh, uh, Bernie, what other documentaries are you a big fan of? Uh, to be honest, I, this is, might, might shock you, but I don't watch a lot of stuff. I watched, I did watch a lot of stuff some years ago, like when I was in film school, I went through a lot of films and European films, art house films and documentaries. This lately, I'm trying to remember the last documentary I watched. Um, I don't think I don't. I don't even. I, um, I can't think of anything. You go first, and I'll, let me think for a minute. And uh, Derek, I'll, you have I'll any? You, know. you have any personal favorites? Uh, any new ones? Uh, new old well, doesn't matter. I don't know, Keith. Oh, it was that Ken Burns baseball. I liked that when I was a kid. Have you watched any of the other Ken Burns ones? Like Civil War? And... Or, or Jazz? J- no, I have not. I think that was the other one he did was Jazz. I'm sure he's done several. I've seen baseball, or mm-hmm. at least pieces of baseball. Probably pieces of Civil War, too. Hey, it's like 10, 12 hours long, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, now the documentary. last documentary I watched was Tickled. I don't know if you guys. Oh, watched I, I have seen that. I know of that it. was a crazy thing, man. It was that a is a, a, a ridiculous story. A ridiculous story, but like, uh, yeah, with um, very serious. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was mm-hmm. uh, lots of um, interesting people there, especially the main guy, right? Yeah, yeah. The last one I watched was actually last night. Uh, I watched oh. one called the Barkley Marathon. Okay. Barclay, or Barkley Marathons. Uh, uh, it is uh, about a trail race up in Tennessee that's been going on for about eh, 25 or so years. And well, actually, maybe a little bit longer than that now. Uh, but anyway, they get about a thousand or so people apply every year. They only take 40 people each year to run it. Uh, it is 60 hours, 100 miles. And they've only had like 15 or so people ever actually complete the thing. Uh, Outside of the start and the end spots, there's really, 
they they don't actually have like any specific like it's not like it's roped off and tells you where to go and stuff like that they have a couple checkpoints that you can find and it just seems like the most ridiculous uh race because it's it's you run the every lap is 20 miles so you do the lap of it Whoa. you can take a little bit of a break and then you go back out and the first time you go clockwise second time you go back counterclockwise and it can also be at night that you're doing okay. it, that you're doing it and it also goes uh uphill 12 12,000 feet uphill and 12,000 feet back I don't down. believe 12,000 Whoa. 12,000 feet? Yeah, I don't believe 12,000 feet. 5,280 feet is a mile, right? And if Denver is the mile-high city, that's almost three miles up. They said if you do the full thing, it's like going up Everest uh, twice. Yeah, but, uh, okay, I mean, I guess that's cumulative elevation like you run up a little bit then you go down then run back up because you don't run up three miles you die yeah no no but i mean you're going you're going up a you're going up into the uh tennessee mountains yeah but you're not like going up into the stratosphere or anything keith i mean no. it's, all right hold on hold on hold on mm-hmm. Looking at the you, you might you might cover twelve thousand feet of elevation over the course of the run because you're running up and down that's my guess uh, twenty mile run, doo, 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 fun run. <clears throat> uh, with fifty four thousand two hundred feet of accumulated vertical climb. Accumulated, yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. So I said you go up twelve, come down, up twelve, come down twelve. That could okay. get you to fifty four. Yeah, but 54, you're not 000. going up twelve thousand feet, Keith. It's a cumulative fifty four thousand feet over the five rounds that you do of it. And I understand. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's it's a very long one, and it's kind of nuts. Um, it, it's but it is a, it was an interesting documentary to watch, and I just happened to watch it last night. I stumbled upon it. It's on Amazon. Yeah. And, uh, what's the, what's the big prize in the end? It's just uh, pride. Pride. Yeah. There's yeah. no prizes. No prizes. It, it's a it's yeah, a just dollar finishing. Finishing yep. is a, a victory already. Uh, so you have to do you have to do five laps of it. Wow! And uh, if you do three, that's called the fun run. For most people, okay. that is the that's the pride mm-hmm. of the whole thing is to be able to do that. And right. uh, anyway, it's like a dollar sixty to apply, and then he has weird things that you have to give him to get like to pay for the race each year. Like one year it was socks, another year it was flannel shirts. And, mm. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's the last one that I watched. Uh, wow. it, obviously, in addition to these three that we're going to cover here this evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, as is usual, I will go ahead and go first. Uh, Bernie will let you go second, and then Derek, cool. you can chime in uh, with the third one, right? I will chime in. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can you can round us out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. All right. So the uh, the documentary I got was called The Magical Empire. The Magical Empire. It is a uh, more recent film, 2019 documentary, and. I, I don't know. I'm not sure if you guys saw this or not. I did not remember uh, reading about it because I don't read a lot of history stuff. But uh, apparently, uh, beginning of 2019, some uh, never-seen-before historical documents uh, were found at a random excavation uh, for the Roman Empire. Uh, they were blueprints. And 
the, the translations that, that have come out of this, uh, they're saying that the details uh, are what they've called the magical empire. And it's possibly, uh, it records, again, blueprints uh, for the oldest major amusement park uh, that was set to be built on the outskirts of Rome before heading into the city itself. Um, now, obviously, technology for roller coasters and all was far from invented yet, but uh, the Magic Empire was filled with uh, simple rides and outposts selling food and drink. Now, again, it, this is all based on, uh, you know, they, they translated all these details, and, you know, it seemed like maybe some of it was, you know, obviously damaged over the years, stuff like that. But um, there's no evidence supporting that any of the actual theme park was built, but the documents did provide uh, quite a bit of insight in what could have been. Uh, there's going to be yeah. stuff uh, like Nero's World. This was a boat-themed ride based on the Madman of Rome, uh, with marionettes playing out the burning down of about two-thirds of the Roman Empire, uh, while puppeteers would sing some sort of earworm-type melody. Uh, there was uh, Commodus's uh, Combatant Chorus, which is a stage show featuring more marionettes, this time synced up to do battle in a replica of the Colosseum, all while singing along uh, to a musical number. Uh, they showed the uh, Marius's military manor, walk your way through a towering maze while fighting off barbarian and German tribe invasions, all while gathering new recruits along the way. Uh, the closest mm -hmm. thing to a roller coaster seemed to be called the Rubicon as a small pulley-based ride that would cross the river en route to taking control of Rome. Uh, the big surprise end uh, would be that they would jump out and scare riders uh, with actors dressed up like Roman senators, and they would jump out with, with knives and act like they're going to stab your uh, the, your car for the ride. There was the uh, Spart Spartaculous Splash. This is a log, uh, log ride style setup. It's a pulley system uh, made to look like revolting gladiators that pulled you to the top of Mount Vesuvius uh, before rushing down into these in a, a nice splash down at the bottom. There was the Hall of Emperors where various actors uh, would do shows and recite speeches of all the famous Roman Empires, Roman emperors. And uh, then there's also Augustus's All Roads Citizens Caravan as they designed as a mass transit system uh, that would cart guests in a grand circle around the magical empire. Uh, they also did a whole, uh, smaller yet, but a deep dive into the foods that would be expected to be served uh, throughout the time, uh, mostly at the Mark Anthony's Gallery of Gorging, uh, such and uh, Paseca Wine Stations, uh, Carob Whips, and more. And so that was a documentary that I watched about um, the, I, I guess the, uh, the concept, but never fully built uh, magical empire, the amusement park that was supposed to be uh, part of the Roman empire. So this was like a fan, a fun alternative to the Colosseum, right? Like, Hey, if you don't like watching blood, come to the park. So Bernie, to answer your question. Yeah. I think like maybe this was where uh, dad went to the Colosseum watched all the, the blood and gore. And then, you know, mom took the kids over to the magical empire. I think maybe that was the, the idea. Uh, or as people traveled into, you know, they could stop there before they, they made their way into the, the main heart of the city. Hmm. Oh, see, seemed like an interesting concept. Yeah. The, the Romans did a lot of big grand things. Uh, I could see this as, you know, their next form of entertainment that they were trying to do. Yeah. Derek, did you get a chance to see this at all? Oh, you know, I watched every minute of this, Keith. Uh, yeah, so I, I I thought it interesting that 
they were going to put all that money into like a marionette and musical stage. I, you know, there's nothing that makes me, it makes my, like gives me goosebumps, right? Like hearing a good old classic Roman musical. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, I, I didn't, I didn't expect them to put that much work into it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I, look, I mean, they had, you know, time, I guess they pretty much had all the money in the world as far as they were concerned. Well, I mean, yeah. Probably didn't pay the, the workforce very much to put it together, but you know, they uh, pretty much, but they did have to come up with a lot of puppeteers to work all those marionettes. So I, I didn't yeah. know that that was that wide of a ranging job that you could have uh, back Marionetting? in. Marionetting? Yeah. It's very, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you've never seen being John Malkovich apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, no, I have seen that movie, but yeah, good point though. Uh, Ber- Bernie, what was uh, what was your thoughts on this one? Uh, I've never I've never seen it, but um, can you send it to me? I'd love to watch it. And oh, maybe see. I I thought I threw yeah. it in the mail to you, but I you know what? Uh, I don't watch documentary. I just watch the one you sent me. And ah, <laughs> uh, okay. You know what? Uh, I I sent them in separate packages. Oh, because um, yeah. I, I I had to watch one, and then I sent the first one out to you pretty early. Oh, okay. Before yes. getting around to this one. Are, are you a fan of uh, of the Roman Empire at all? Yeah, I I am. I've read some stuff. <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, I admire what they were managed. You know, what they managed <laughs> to build and and uh, all the achievements that they've made. You know, invented cement and uh, uh, sewage. That was a big thing, right, back yeah. in the day. And uh, but no, I don't know much about the Roman Empire, and um, you know. Either do I. That's uh, I think that's why this one was uh, I, I found it to be so interesting. Um, mm. the, the fact that I did not know that they would have even attempted uh, to build a uh, a giant theme park. Yeah, I'm a bit of a stan of the Roman Empire. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm really into them right now. Yeah, J- mm-hmm. just right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it makes me a stan. Hmm. So you're, but you're just getting into it now, as opposed to yeah, yeah. Like, well, um, I I saw this documentary, and then so I went out. Oh, and I, so now I got you're myself, now you're deep. I got diving. myself a pennant. It says the Roman Empire on it. And I hung it up there. <laughs> and, uh, I got like a Go Caesar foam finger. Um, mm-hmm. I, well, I've been eating lots of Caesar salads. Oh, yeah, that went to Olive Garden. Um, I was treated like family. I had some classic italian dishes uh, it's been it's been a big week for me keith <laughs> big fan big fan yeah. well I, i'm glad uh, i'm glad i could have that type, uh, help you uh, that type of influence by mm-hmm. by sending this movie out to you uh and seeing it yeah mm. hmm. all right well that uh folks that is the, the magical empire magical. it's only about an hour long so okay. it's a very easy it's a very easy watch um burning when we get done here i'm gonna i'm gonna look up the tracking on on fedex and Okay. Uh, yeah, but as we've discussed uh, previously, once uh, crossing the international timeline, uh, oh. who knows what happens with with anything? Yeah. So <laughs> it it could show up to you in a year, and and it'll look like it just left my house an hour ago. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep yeah. an eye for it. Yeah. I I'm very sorry. Can I? Can you guys excuse me for a minute? The cast just spilled a bunch of water. Sure. Hold on. This isn't a bit. He has a cat. He has a cat. It apparently yeah. spilled a bunch of water. Do you have any dogs or cats or 
I have two dogs. Two dogs? Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. One is a big, lovable oaf. The other oh. is um, uh, the de- a demon spawn, Hound of Hell, oh. as far as I'm concerned. He is, he's lovable, but he's evil. Evil, evil dog. Yeah, he is. He's an evil little dog, but uh, he, he's uh, he's cuddly. At uh-huh. times. We found we found him on the street. Oh, really? Stray dog? Okay. Yeah, people drop dogs off out on this road out here by us. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. And uh, my wife found him one day, and uh, she had take, gone to take her mother to the airport. Found mm. him on the way back. I was mm. taking a shower, and she came and knocked on the door. She's like. I got a surprise for you, and I was all excited that maybe she brought donuts home. <laughs> uh, but instead, she brought uh, the, what is uh, now the, the Hound from Hell. Oh, I'm back. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm actually just making a film with dogs, actually. That's why I've been so busy. It's a film called It's Me or the Dog. Uh, it's a film for, like, the older – because that's the type of film that works in New Zealand for older audiences. So it's a rom-com mm. about – a man who loves his dog, but then he meets a woman and she's allergic to dogs and he has to choose between the dog <laughs> or the woman. And man, something that started as a joke, it's been going on for months. <laughs> based on based on the dog that I had when I met my wife, uh, if she was yeah. allergic, I probably wouldn't have married my wife. So, Okay. <laughs> I was very attached to that dog. Yeah, yeah. And then he ended up loving her more than me. Yeah, so, yeah. Traitor. I had a few dogs, but it's always so heart-wrenching when the dog, you know, approaches those final years, and it's, it's you know, very sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we used to have a couple cats, uh, but they got very old as well. So yeah. they actually, they outlived any other pet that we've ever had, uh, that I've ever had in my house. So. Yeah, cats go on for a while, man. They, you know, resilient. Mm-hmm. They'll be knocking over water in uh, your little studio there, Derek, uh, for a long time. No, it was upstairs. I just heard the sound of a glass fall to the ground, and then it was rolling around. So, yeah, yeah. And the kids are already asleep, so you know it couldn't have been them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No, well, I know it was mm-hmm. cats. <laughs> All right. Uh, so again, that was Magical Empire. Uh, I am going to. Uh, uh, let's see what kind of uh, what kind of review can I can I give that? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, four four out of five. Um, what are those hats that they used to wear with the the leaves? The the is there a specific name for those? You know the all the Roman emperors always had those like crowns of leaves. Four leaves. You know what I'm talking about the old the good old leaf crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it four out of five leaf crowns. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Bernie, again, I said I'm going to look up tracking, find out so you can get a copy and eventually get a chance to watch that first movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I did send you uh, ahead of time to make sure it got there. The Grand Ray. Yes, uh, you did. And I watched it last night. I'm uh, trying to wrap my head around what I watched and uh, (laughs) Try to make a summary of this. I, I, I wrote some bullet points just to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try. All right, let us know. So this is uh, called The Grand Ray. It's a documentary. And I think it, it probably was recorded in, in the 90s around the Titanic, uh, when the Titanic was made. So basically the story follows this guy called Sean Baker, who was hired by the production company that was doing the Titanic. 
And uh, so for research, they hired a bunch of camera people, like cameramans, to go and interview people that were involved in the, that had some sort of involvement with the Titanic. So this guy, Sean Baker, is interviewing like people that had relatives that were in the Titanic and stuff like that. And he comes across this guy who tells this story about like this giant stingray, right? It's like this kind of creature that's like prehistoric kind of stingray that was still alive in the oceans. And this guy, Sean Baker, becomes obsessed with this, right? And the documentary basically follows this Sean trying to find out if this was real and, uh, you know, what was the thing behind this, you know? So it goes in, uh, you know, he's, it's really well shot for the first half of it and then you'll understand why. It's like really nice images and he goes like to a museum and he interviews this guy from you know like specializes in egypt stuff egyptologist i suppose and they go through some books and they find this this kind of drawing that seems looks like a stingray but sean is completely sure that this could be the stingray that the you know the grand ray uh that they that the other guy talked about so you know, he goes through the Egypt stuff and then he, he finds some crazy links like with the Amazon. And, uh, you know, he goes like into really crazy territory. And then at some point he realizes there's people after him. And this is sort of shot like a vlog, you know, like this high-end camera. He points the camera to himself and he talks to the camera and things like that. And then we realize that the people that who are after him are like the people from the production company. They want the gear back. You know, so they take the gear and then he starts using this really shitty camera. So this is like when things start going downhill. It's like the sound is really awful and it's just a camera that, uh, you know, a handy cam. And then he, he gets this meeting with James Cameron, you know, like uh, this like goes for 10 minutes. And I don't think James Cameron is aware that he's in a meeting because he's actually eating and the camera looks like to be hidden, you know, like and then the first you know, this 10 minutes, like James Cameron is trying to figure out who this guy is, like, <laughs> because he doesn't know. So eventually this guy, Sean, asks James Cameron to fund this documentary. But then James Cameron just says, no, no, I, I'm not going to fund that. So then this guy starts, you know, keeps researching and researching. And we see that his family life is like, you know, his wife and is suffering with this because it's it, this guy is completely obsessed with this. And then we go into the final part of the documentary where he, he makes a link with the Loch Ness monster, you know, and uh, he, he goes into this story that, you know, the whole thing behind the Loch, Loch Ness monster is that people think they might've been a tunnel that connects the sea to the Loch Ness in Scotland. Right. But the problem that scientists always, you know, stumbled upon was that the tunnel is really flat, but is really wide, right? So no creature could have gone through the tunnel, especially no mammals, because you cannot really breathe through the tunnel. So only a fish could go through there. And Sean actually makes drawings and stuff, and he shows the how a, a stingray could a, actually have, have gone through there, right? Because it's so flat, but this is huge, but very flat. So he could have gone to the Loch Ness. So the documentary ends with Sean interviewing people at Loch Ness. And just, you know, it's quite sad because by then, you know, his wife has left him and he doesn't have any money. So he's just the final 
image is just shown with this tent at the Loch Ness, just kind of, you know, like these really long pans of the lake, just seeing if something comes up, but nothing comes up. And then a little message comes in the end. I mean, I don't know if I should, there's spoilers or not. But uh, anyway, Sean ended up in prison, like for some reason. So, yeah, the Grand Ray. <laughs> this was, it was the, really The cool. Ray itself sounded grand, but um, Sean's, Sean's adventure to find it, uh, not so much. Not so much. It's like a tragedy, really. But, uh, you know, it started really well, but just kind of went really, I don't know, maybe he edited it himself. I don't know. Doesn't have credits or anything. Just that, you know, little legend in the, uh, like little uh, title in the end that says he's in prison. So, but anyway, thanks for sending me this. It's like maybe one hour and a half, I suppose. Uh, I, I just, there, there were some scenes, I have to be honest. I fast forward a bit because, you know, things take so long. And, uh, but yeah, this was the, the story. What did you guys think of it? I mean, I thought it was <laughs> it was really interesting, you know. I I found the part like so when he eventually gets that meeting with James Cameron, like I I'm thinking like here's the big upswing. Like James Cameron's like, yeah, let's let's talk about yeah. this giant stingray, and but, not that I thought he would have added it into the Titanic storyline, but you know maybe he'd use it in Avatar. Or Avatar Five, or, or or something along those lines, uh, and then James Cameron just seems to like not know who he is, which I thought was weird. Yeah, because Sean was like really nervous. Remember, like he was like shaking and sweating, and I think James Cameron was a bit creeped out by the whole thing. Yeah, I don't this know. This is a guy that 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 his production company hired to do research in the first place, but maybe yeah. he had never actually met. I think so. Yeah. So that I was not expecting that that twist there, but I also like, you know, he's was doing all this side work. Yeah. And not, and not what he had been hired to do. So obviously I could see why they came and took all the equipment back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I, at first I didn't, I, I was not sure if that was the real James Cameron, just a guy that looked like him. But then when he turns, remember when he gets the potatoes, that scene where he just stretches mm-hmm. his arm and then we see that, man, this is actually James Cameron here, you know, because he was not talking a lot. He was eating more most of the time. Anyway. And there's there's no way James Cameron gave us permission to be in this movie because no, no. <laughs> he didn't edit it as he's eating some potato fell out of his mouth kind of embarrassingly. You know, it's like he's like trying to push it back in his mouth. I don't know. I don't know why James Cameron was so freaked out about a uh, potato falling off his mouth, but it happened. Maybe they're happened. just really good. They're really tasty yeah. potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. get back in there. Get back in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I will say, I enjoyed a lot of, like, the last, you know, 30 minutes or so, because when he suddenly doesn't have all the high-tech equipment, mm. you, you get a, a much better sense for, you know, maybe how, like, he probably could have been, uh, you know, if he didn't go to jail. You're like a really good filmmaker because he seems to get a lot out of the very basic equipment that I'm guessing he stole from someplace as well. Yeah, yeah. Now that's true. There's some cinematic moments there. You know, when he he puts that uh, the 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 camera in the balloon, right? That thing, and he tries to do a drone shot, but it's you know it's really works. I mean, goes up and then falls. He cuts <laughs> right before he hits the ground, but it's pretty. You know. I don't know. It's like uh, there's some crazy moments there. And I, <laughs> um, you know, I think he could have been great, 
like it just needed more like the editing needed to be a bit tighter for me i, I think and also the the awkwardness of trying to like interview people at Loch Ness who really just seemed like they didn't want to talk to a homeless man with a with a camera. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe a few less of of those scenes. But I mean, you're yeah. telling. It, it, I mean, it's called the Grand Ray, but it's really it's it's Sean's story. It's Sean's story. Yeah. 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 Because it's the Grand Ray. Yeah, that was the t- the name of the Stingray. Mm-hmm. That should have been another title. But I'm I'm wondering like who released this thing. Because he sent me, you know, you send me a DVD, but the DVD doesn't really have a logo or anything. It's just a name, like it's a it's a DVR, DVDR, right? So not, it doesn't have any credits. Not the first time. You know? Not the first time. Not the last time uh, <laughs> that we'll that we'll be reviewing movies uh, where the packaging is is that suspect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, Bernie, how many uh, potatoes falling out of James Cameron's mouth are you going to give this? I would look, I would give this for like idea and concept, right? I would give like a, a four and a half because it, it w- there was a great story there, you know. Like, I think the guy did an amazing job. He went to, you know, talk, talked with the guy at the museum and went to Scotland and he's well shot, you know. Okay, four and a half potatoes. Like, for, for execution. I think I would have to give like 3.5, 3.5 potatoes mm. coming out of James Cameron's mouth. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to go on an average of four. Okay. Average of four. Yeah. But, but I'll, I'll remember that for the show notes that uh, the concept four and a half, uh, actual execution three and a half. Yeah. That's still pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. I mean, it's, it was entertaining. I watched till the end. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, Made me cry. Maybe the, the potatoes falling out, or or well, no, or his, his, I, I, I realized. I mean, this movie is. I love the idea of cryptids and cryptozoology and stuff like that, and the the hunt for the grand ray. But like mathematical terms, a ray is uh, it starts at a point and goes in a straight direction until you know for infinity, right? Mm-hmm. So, what if the grand ray was his? his life's goal to find the grand Ray and the path led him right to jail. And so. that made me, made me sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the I, grand Ray, that is his life. <laughs> well, yeah. I, hopefully it wasn't for any major charges. Uh, maybe he'll eventually get out and, and he'll pick back up again, but, or yeah. he'll at least find out who, who has his camera and all his stuff and, and yeah. put this movie out in, in any uh, form and fashion. All right, well, Bernie, uh, thank you for taking uh, the time to to watch and review that movie for us. It was great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek, I usually send you the the best movie of the lot. Always, always. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did uh, I sent you? Uh, the Shooter's Cat. You sent me the Shooter's Cat, and at first I was like psyched. I'm like, oh my god! I thought it was that um, that new documentary on Netflix. What is it like? Don't fuck my cat or something like that. Um, <laughs> I, I can't remember what it's called, but I thought that's what it was, and it wasn't. Um, so I put it in, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, Keith, you're a basketball fan. Mm-hmm. Who's been one of the best basketball players of the last, I don't know, 10 years? Uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, exactly. So this I won't say movie, LeBron because I, I don't like to do that. I know so. you don't like LeBron. Yeah. Well, Steph Curry is known for his long range jump shots, mm-hmm. his, all of the shots he takes, and 
and makes and all this kind of good stuff, right? This movie starts out. Did you know that Steph Curry is a big cat lover? I did not. I did not. He is a main golf lover. It's it's what? He's a, a big golf fan, mini golf fan. He did that show well, on okay. TV, but I did well, not know cats. He's a big cat lover, uh, a basketball shooter, big cat lover. He's got a he's got a Maine Coon. His name is Mister Jinx, and he call he think he says it is his good luck charm. And so the movie <coughs> there, the documentary starts with him shooting three pointers, him talking about his cat. Uh, their show is cat. His cat's doing stuff. So what he does is he thinks he's positive that his cat is something special. It comes from some long line of great cats. So he does one of those DNA tests, like an ancestry.com for cats. Um, so he does, right? And he gets this information back. And so this is where the adventure begins. It's not just all about Steph Curry and his cat. It's about Steph Curry, his cat, and then Steph Curry finding out where his cat comes from as they go back and, uh, in time or whatever, right? So well, they don't. <laughs> well, they don't. They don't travel in time, but they do investigate going back in time, right? The the proverbial back in time by yeah. doing research. Uh, so anyway, this cat turns out is descended from a cat that was in Lexington, Massachusetts, in 1775, when the first shots of the Revolutionary War, America's Revolutionary War, happened. Right. So this cat was an alley cat or whatever that existed uh, that was then in Lexington, Massachusetts, 1775. So the first shots of the Revolutionary War happened. And so they do a little, you know, a story about this cat, what they assumed this cat had done. And this cat had led to a pretty marvelous life of, of stealing pickles i don't i don't know why but there's like pickle barrels and the cat steals pickles it's an alley cat like all the kids love this cat well this cat had kids and blah 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 so on and so forth and steph curry's all excited about this so he goes to lexington massachusetts with his cat um and they they go and they they check out the 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 first the site of the first shots of the, where the Revolutionary War began, he lets Mister Jinx walk around, uh, and like they could bring in one of those cat psychics, like a cat whisperer or whatever, to to try to find out what Mister Jinx is experiencing and talking about or meowing about. Uh, there is you know this uh, this weird old woman Esmeralda J. Uh, Esmeralda J. She's just a psychic, talking to the cat, talking about what the cat did, stealing pickles. That's what I learned about the stealing pickles. Uh, so you know, I talked about all this stuff, and so Steph Curry's stoked. He's got a cat that has ties to the Revolutionary War somehow. It's his good luck. And then they cut to uh, the finals where LeBron came back uh, and th- they won uh, after being down three nothing. Right. So the so Steph Curry's upset, uh, and then he finds out more about his cat uh, in the off season. He's trying to take his mind off of uh, the the loss in the finals and trying to figure out why his good luck charm, Mister Jinx, wasn't good luck for him. And then he finds out, you know, between Lexington, Massachusetts, seventeen seventy five Revolutionary War, and you know, whenever that was, two thousand seventeen. Um. There was another cat in this lineage, and it uh, was another alley cat that happened to take up 
you know, uh, uh, quarters or was taken in by, was fed by and taken in by, was astray uh, by Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> uh, so th- this, this is the cat, another Maine Coon that was named Captain Longshanks. Uh, so like another tie to the Revolutionary War. Uh, so anyway, or is Longshanks? It doesn't matter. Uh, so Captain Longshanks was taken in by Lee Harvey Oswald. It was found at Lee Harvey Oswald's uh, apartment or house or whatever uh, after he was arrested. Uh, and so Steph Curry once again goes to uh, the book depository uh, in Dallas, Texas. Brings Mr. Jinx, brings the psychic, gets another psychic, a Texas psychic, psychic, uh, Captain J. Dallas. That's what he goes by. <laughs> Lots of J's. Um, he talks to the cat. Esmeralda J. talks to the cat. Um, they try to find out whatever they can about um, was Lee Harvey Oswald uh, the lone shooter in the Kennedy assassination? Uh it's inconclusive, but they did show the Zapruder film a few times trying to find if there was a cat in the background and there wasn't. Um, and then so Steph Curry goes back and the the, the film ends uh, with him getting ready for the next season of basketball with the Golden State Warriors uh, and his cat, Mr. Jinx. And that was the shooter's cat. I, I will say not since uh, Hoop Dreams, Derek, have I, have I had a watch the basketball documentary that I've liked as much. Me too. Mm-hmm. I can well, the basketball is, is very minimal. Like they kind of bookend it with a basketball mm-hmm. and get you hooked. But who knew that Steph Curry was this big of a cat guy and like a history buff. I love this documentary. I thought I was not going to like it because I don't know much about basketball and Steph Curry. I was like, oh, this is going to be a, a documentary about basketball. But when things go insane with Mr. Jinx, I mean, I just loved it, you know, and I loved it. How they shot, like, Mr. Jinx. I don't know what kind of lens they used, but it's just, it's, it's like you're there with the cat, you know? And mm-hmm. you see from the point of view of the cat when Esmeralda is talking to the cat. Remember when she she touches her nose in, in the nose's cat, in the cat's mm-hmm. noses? And you see her <laughs> face there, and you're, like, you imagine you are the cat, you know? like, And uh, it's just... Uh, I mean, it's amazing. I loved everything about you know all the scenes with Esmeralda and the, and the cat, especially when people come and t- touch the Mr. Jinx's paws, like uh, like they're trying to, I don't know, like trying to connect with the cat. And um, I just loved it, man. I just loved it. And the big second plot point when they they connect with JFK and all that. I mean, it's 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 insane. But um, mm-hmm. every scene with Esmeralda J, she steals, she steals every scene show, that man. she's in. I was worried that they weren't going to bring her with to uh, to Texas uh, when when Captain Jay was there first. Yeah. I was a little worried, but then she shows up. You know, she gets off the plane with with uh, Mr. Jinx and stuff. Oh man! And and, and I felt a lot better than that because she really had a connection with the cat. Yeah, yeah. I think you know who she reminded me of the uh, psychic from the Exorcist, not the Exorcist, um, Poltergeist. Yeah, uh, the little oh, lady yeah. that comes in to find the kid in the wall, right? Her exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the speech she gives uh, when they come out of the airplane, remember, when they go into a corner and she just talks to, it's just her, the cat, Mr. Jinx, and she's talking to us. I mean, it's amazing, man. That, that woman is is really, I was just watching the documentary again just to see her scenes. 
just to watch. Yeah, we should do a documentary about her. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought as well. Uh, Maybe. Now, now Derek, did you say they used Ancestry.com or did they use 23andMeow? (laughs) It might have been paid for by 23andMeow for all I know. Yeah. At the point when, when, like, they lose to LeBron, they come back, I was worried that they were that like they were going to show Steph Curry go home and, and find that like Mr. Jinx had died. Mm, and yeah, then that was, that was what was going to happen. So I was, I was so happy that they did have that uh, whole second storyline. I thought that I saw a cat run across the road very quickly. Um, but when they, when they slowed it down, you could tell it was more like a shadow of like a bird flying over or something like mm, that. Yeah. 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 No. yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, I follow you, especially when they make that scene where the like Mr. Jinx starts acting a bit weird, and then they say, "Oh, he might be sick," and then you know the music kicks in, he's a bit sick, and then he comes, he wakes up, and Stephen, you know, is all all happy because Mr. Jinx has, hasn't been you know so cheerful for a while, uh, you know, and I think, "Oh man, he's gonna die," but then, no, it just. Keep going. I guess it's a slice of life in Mr. Jinx's life, right? Mm-hmm. Just that's how cats are. Yep. Yeah. I'm very curious if uh, if anybody would would be able to go back uh, over Steph's career and track his like highs and lows uh, and see how they tied into to Mr. Jinx's uh, mm-hmm. mood at the same time. Oh. They never say how old Mr. Jinx is, but he looks quite old. He looks like an old cat. Yeah, like cats old can cat. get up there like nineteen years, maybe. Yeah. Now, how long? How long has Steph Curry been in the league now? Like, I don't know. Twelve, thirteen years, something like that. Something. Yeah, we probably got him early in his career, and he'll be around till he retires easily, hopefully. Yeah. I, I feel but, that could be a sequel to this movie. Like, you know, I, I wanted to know more, but uh, I'm surprised uh, uh, that this just got a documentary and not a reality show. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. After wa- after watching that mini golf show that he had on on TV, I, he seems to have the type of pull that he could have gotten a, a cat based reality show uh, along mm-hmm. with uh, Esmeralda J. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Esmeralda J can have a show. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if TLC had a show with her coming up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the yep. History Channel. Yeah. Uh, where uh, she's uh, just talking to various animals, just cats. Uh, yeah, trying to get the history of the, whatever the cat's lineage, yeah. like stealing pickles or whatever. Mm. Right. Yeah, the True. Cats, eat, cats eating pickles. That seems like a weird thing, but I guess whatever to get by back in those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, Derek, how many uh, how many pickles are you giving this one? Oh, at, at least six. Six pickles. Okay. And how many shooters? Shooters? Uh, oh. I mean, I mean uh, shooters on the grassy knoll. Oh, uh, at least six. Oh, so six there too. Okay. I'm just mm-hmm. going with each of the timelines that we mm-hmm. have here. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, of, of course, uh, six un, uncontested threes. So for a total of 18 shots, whatever, I don't know, 18 out of 18 is what I give this one. Okay. But we got it broken down uh, there, so. Kind mm-hmm. of, uh, kind of like Bernie broke down the Grand Ray into two different, uh, two different scores. There, you have broken it down over three, but we're adding it up to a, a full eighteen. Full eighteen. Nice, nice. Okay. Divided by three gives you six. <clears throat> it does. So either way, a, a very high score on yeah. our normal meter. 
think you give all Christmas movies a seven, right, Derek? So I did. A, yeah, this isn't a Christmas movie, so I couldn't get that. But uh, other than that, this is pretty high, pretty high praise from you. Well, it depends on what the scale is. <clears throat> I mean, this is out of six, right? Out of, out, of out of 18 divided by three, yeah. Yeah. That's also an interesting scale there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, uh, the scale is zero to 20? What's the... What's the... My what? scale this time was zero to six. Zero to six? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, yep, yep. But whatever, uh, whatever you feel the appropriate amount of a scale is oh. uh, for these type of things, it changes. It changes. Mm-hmm. We've had one one Infinity Gauntlet. We've had sixty nine out of four twenty. <laughs> I don't think we ever. We, I don't think we ever done that one. I uh, did too. I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah, I think somebody online. I think Toph uh, figured out what that percentage was. <laughs> That's not a very good percentage, but it, it's also a good. It's also a good rating as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. All right, well, uh, folks, you have to dig around. YouTube, Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, everybody's got all these documentaries floating around. Dig around, you will find them. Uh, the Magical Empire, which was about the alleged uh, potential uh, gigantic theme park that was going to be built outside of uh, Rome. Or you have The Grand Ray, which is the uh, tragic and heartbreaking story of Sean Baker and and his attempts to, to find this giant stingray or, or potentially, I guess the, the Loch Ness monster as well. And finally, uh, the shooter's cat all about Steph Curry's cat, Mr. Jinx and his long lineage. And of course the, the fantastic Esmeralda J. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so three, three good movies. And you know what? Most documentaries don't take up too much time. They're usually, uh, you know, the cap out about an hour and a half at the most. Derek, how long was uh, shooter's cat? 88 minutes. Ah, that's that's easy. That's easy. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick quick watch for for everyone. You can go ahead and, uh, and catch all three of these uh, just in probably in like one afternoon when it's raining out or something like that. Yeah, it's supposed to rain here. So it's supposed to rain here a lot this next week. So yeah, I'm laid up. I could easily watch all all three of these. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. Bernie Rao, writer and director of Killer Sofa. Thank you again, sir, for. Uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule, you said you're making uh, another movie. Um... It's me or the dog, yeah, and uh, yep, a couple yep. of other projects in the oven. Uh, All right, busy, busy, busy I'll... man. There, we appreciate that you found time to to watch some of the movies we sent. Thank you, uh, and then come on, uh, come on to the show as well. Yeah. Uh, what besides uh, you know things that are currently made? What what else do you have to plug for us here today? Uh, me, right now. Yeah. Um. A plug like uh, oh I haven't thought oh, about yeah. it. De- uh, Derek, you said <laughs> Killer Self was on uh, Amazon Prime now, right? It's oh, on right. Amazon Prime. Okay, we I rented it on a Fandango. Where did you guys watch it? Fandango or Amazon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I rented it on Fandango. Okay, it's also on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is everywhere. You know, like uh, um, VOD, video on demand, per- perhaps mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we sold already 14 territories, so it will be, you know, if people from outside the States are listening to this, you know, Russia, Brazil, Spain, UK, so it's everywhere. And, of course, there's all those, also the pirated versions, which are, you know, everywhere as well. <laughs> but uh, are, are you hoping uh, are, are you hoping for the uh, the highest praise, and that is a, uh, 
a porn parody of this? Uh, is oh, it... man, I would love it. I don't know. <laughs> the filler sofa? The filler sofa. <laughs> <laughs> the non-censored uh, version. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if it, people can watch it, please watch it and give it a good review if you can. Uh, give it a bad review if you if you must. But it's fine. You know, fine by yeah. me. I've actually recommended to to a handful of uh, people that I know enjoy horror films that yeah. I think they would enjoy that. At worst, everyone's going to enjoy the cute, cuddly uh, recliner staring over the balcony down at. at I people. think so, man. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's the winning it's fantastic. shot. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for yeah, you watching. Just, and, you just want to, you just want to yeah. hug him. You just want to hug him. Yeah. Uh, so thank yeah. you for inviting me and uh, man it was a pleasure coming on the show I love your show and yeah hopefully I can come again later in the future with uh, another film and we can discuss yeah. some new some obscure films that you guys have yeah, 100%, 100% we will we will dig up uh, we'll dig up some more obscure things that we have a never ending uh, supply of the obscure here yeah cool uh, speaking of things that are never ending and obscure Derek thank you yeah, thanks, Keith. Thank you for coming back uh, again this week on Always. the show. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you for taking time to watch the movies. You are a mm-hmm. busy, busy man all the time. I am. Yes. Do you have any? Uh, any is there anything going on lately? Yeah. You, you well, any... I, I I'm training to swim the English Channel. I, if that's I, not I, enough but, for you, well, Keith. I mean that that's your hobby time. But like, uh, as your, oh, your business yeah, that, yeah, that's like my else? number three. Uh, my number one's family. Number two's. Well, maybe number one's pop-up film cast. Number two's family. Oh, well. Number three is swimming the English Channel, and then number four, like I gotta have that side hustle. So I gotta pay have... for the training for the English Channel, right? Yeah, yeah. I am. I've been pulling a rickshaw uh, all over town, uh, hmm. transporting people here and there. Um, it, it's kind of like a Uber Eats, but with a rickshaw. Um, I got a, I got Gary in the back, and he I I pull Gary to the restaurants. He runs in and gets stuff. Uh, he gets back in the rickshaw, and then we run to somebody's house. Uh, it's a, There's an app. It's uh, rickshaweaton.com um, is where you can find it. Um, is it, get the is app. it Rickshaw Eaton with Gary or with Derek? Oh, no, it's just – well, yeah, it's with Gary and Derek, but – we gotta, we gotta, we gotta actually concise URL this time. It's rickshaweaton.com, uh, and then slash with Gary and Derek. With rickshaweaton.com is actually, uh, it's like one of those redirects and it takes you right to porn. So if you go <laughs> rickshaweaton.com slash with Gary and Derek, uh, that'll take you to the site. So we we can download the app from that, and then you can order. Uh, all you gotta do is you gotta put down a hundred dollars into the app you know you gotta it it's a long process but we will we're the only app right now that's delivering food to you via rickshaw do you, do you deliver all types of, do you only have certain restaurants you work with or is it wherever no we, we have something? a 40 mile radius that we'll go to um, <laughs> so so oh. if you know if you're hungry if you want barbecue and it's across town we'll go get barbecue and we'll make several stops too so we can get barbecue we can pick up chinese we can pick up mcdonald's we can stop at the 7-eleven and get a, you know a slurpee if that's what you want whatever oh. and uh yeah yeah and this is probably really good for your uh your swim training then too right your legs gotta be super strong by now 
Oh god, they're like they're like tree trunks right now, Keith. They're so big and thick and strong. Uh, but yeah, you know, and, and oh, not to mention my grip. I I can crush a rock in my bare hands because I got to hold that rickshaw the entire time. You so and I'm Gary just, never switch off or anything, right? No, you, never. Yeah. No, never. G- Gary is far too weak. Um, mm. so, uh, I mean, he's 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 just an enormous man, and uh, he can't pull a rickshaw that fast. So. <laughs> I I pull him around and he goes in and gets the stuff. He's he's got the the higher limit on his credit card than I do, so he's ah. able to charge things. Brings it back to the rickshaw and like in one of those little red igloo coolers, and then uh, you know we run it run it to wherever. Right, and yeah. do you have a time limit that you have to get into people? Like it's uh, like Domino's or no? Heavens no. Now um, we recommend that if you want breakfast, you order now. So whenever you're listening to this, if you want breakfast tomorrow, order it now. Um, and Rickshaw Eats with Gary and Derek, we'll get it there to you. And all, do you, you do only one, cus- one, one customer at a time, or will you pick up and, and drop off at separate places as you go? Or We are hoping to add a second Rickshaw. We have to, well, we're auditioning new uh, additional Derek and Gary's. Um, so... You know, uh, it's an open casting call the, this Saturday uh, in Milwaukee, downtown Milwaukee at the Hilton. We will be casting a new Derek and a new Gary to run the second rickshaw around. Anything that besides having some good grip and leg strength, anything else that, that you recommend people make sure bring they it, have before they even bother? Shot, um, uh, at, at least uh, some previous uh, theater experience or tap. Tap dance, yeah. Okay. And also, and also, be open to uh, getting any kind of uh, uh, facial enhancement surgery. To look more like either you or Gary, right? Oh well, yeah. So we have masks made up, so you don't have oh. to like. You just wear a mask. Okay. Um, good, good, good. It's a, it's a really tight fitting latex mask that you have to run <laughs> a, while pulling a rickshaw. Um, but yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. Bernie, it, this is the hardest working man right here. Yeah, was... so many, so many side hustles, <laughs> plus the plus the new swimming hobby, yeah. and he's now he is now uh, a Roman Empire uh, stand right now as yeah, well. I so I, he is. <laughs> I'm just getting everything Roman right yeah. now. You don't it, sleep, man. Wrestling, it's, yeah, work, work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know when he finds time time to sleep. So uh, it's. Uh, but Derek, thank you very much again. It, it's amazing. Everyone, go ahead and go to uh, rickshaweats.com. I almost said I almost said eating rickshaw, but uh, <laughs> yeah, rickshaw, that rickshaw isn't eats. even a redirect. That's just straight up porn. Eating rickshaw, <laughs> rickshaweats.com was a redirect to porn. But if you do rickshaweats.com/slash with Gary and Derek, that'll get you what you want. This has been season three of the Pop Up Filmcast. We are a weekly podcast again. New episodes are every Tuesday. We alternate between these lovely movie reviews and, of course, our mini episodes where we've been reviewing long lost and an often forgotten TV show, The Crooked Pendulum. Been doing that episode by episode. Tune in next Tuesday and hear the third and final part of The Farmer's Champion uh, as we as we close out uh, that, that opening arc of The Crooked Pendulum. Uh, also, you know, tune in again to find out how Derek's uh, how Derek's business is going. Uh, the show can be found on practically any well-respected podcast listening app, including, of course, our home base of Podbean. 
<clears throat> no matter if this is your first time listening or you are a long-time listener, please take some time to leave us a rating and a review via your favorite listening outlet. We appreciate the feedback. Also, we ask that you tell someone new about our show. Be your mom, your dad, uh, your coworkers. It could be a random sofa that just has adorable little eyes and a smile that you just want to tell all about it. You'll make a new friend. Word of mouth is by far the best way to let people know about the show. Also, if you're listening to this because someone told you, give that person a hug. The show is also a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find the ever-expanding lineup of great shows, many featuring past and future guests of ours, head over to www.podfixnetwork.com. Contact the show directly on Twitter at PopUpFilmCast or on Facebook under the same name. And if you have questions, comments, or you have your own movie reviews for the films that we discussed today, Magical Empire, The Grand Ray, or uh, The Shooter's Cat, please go ahead and send us an email to the easily remembered popupfilmcast at gmail.com. That being said, until next time, get together with your life mate, your family, your friends, whomever it is, and enjoy some movies. Until then, I say good day, sir. Good day. This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Did you say they used Ancestry.com or did they use 23andMeow? It was 23andMeow, obviously, uh, but... Hmm. I'm going to insert some cheesy drum uh, there. Well, I mean, I didn't name the service. I mean, that's what it is. That's a terrible joke on my part. Those are the ones that my wife looks bad at me for. She gets mad when I say bad dad jokes like that. I don't even know. That that was a joke? I mean, that was what it was in the movie, 23 Meow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It might have been paid for by 23meow, for all I know. There you have it, loyal listener. A fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting. Hard work, consistent output, and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord. Tune in again next week, to see what timeless gem I dust off for your listening pleasure. Seriously. I need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning. It's filthy.
You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.